0: Welcome, everybody, to yet another live interview show with Become a Fearless Father, and
1: boom! Ben Killoy, baby! Thank you, my man. Thank you for coming on the show. How's it going?
2: Better than good. How about you, Klaus?
0: I'm hot. Dude, I'm sweating. I got water that feels even warmer than the air outside. It's 31
2: degrees Celsius here as well. Mm. 31. Yes.
0: Yeah, it's 39 here.
2: You got me beat by a few, but it's still pretty hot. It was like 35, 33 earlier in the week.
0: Yeah, exactly. You sing from your office with your air conditioning on. (laughs) There you go. I love it. I can
2: see the heat outside.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, me too. Let me show you something, man, before we start. Because I first wanted to sit the other way around so everybody could see the view, but it's absolutely freaking amazing, man. Check this out. All right? Can you see that? Am I putting you? Yeah, that looks pretty cool, right? Reminds me of our up.
2: ocean front view that we had for. Uh, there you
0: go. <coughs> yep, that's the things, man. That's what we need in life. Lots of views, lots of awesome things. Hey, man, before we start going into your background story, man, I got a question for you. Shoot. Uh, you were a dad as well when you were in the military, right?
2: Nope, I was just a single guy.
0: Uh, okay, so I put you, my life
2: uh, on hold till after the military. But ah, the smart
0: man! All right, so I'm glad I asked that before uh, I asked the other question. All right, cool. So let me ask you this, then, man. As a because I'm trying to figure out for one, with well, somebody saying veteran, right? I have a picture of an old man, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, but I had many vets on the show, as you know, and I never asked this, man. What's what is that? What does that mean? When do you become um, a veteran, right? A a veteran, a military veteran, and the most importantly, what are the challenges of a military veteran dad? That's what I'm most interested in.
2: Two loaded questions, but I'll break them down in in a simplest form. And for uh, from living in Europe, the word veteran isn't something you guys talk about a lot either. Uh, nope. so it doesn't always mean the same thing as it does here in the United States, but a veteran, I would say begins the moment you leave active duty. Uh, you still have four years of inactive, but overall it's, uh, begins when you leave active duty, okay. but the word veteran even here can be applied to a veteran of any job. You could be a veteran of, you could just be a seasoned firefighter. You could still be a veteran from that. So the term veteran is generally synopsis with, uh, military And I would say most people in the military don't even prefer to be called a veteran. I would say I hid from that term and even my service for almost 10 years after getting out. So for Mm. us serving, it really doesn't mean anything. It means something to other people because we did something that maybe they didn't have the courage to do. But for us, it generally means nothing. It just means we have a label on us. We don't actually like labels. So it's usually one of those things we try to hide from. I I
0: see the thing is like, like
2: like you mentioned, right? Uh, us
0: in europe i've never heard that term before and well i've heard of veteran but not military veteran in that sense however now doing this live interview show i've had several now on the show and i was kind of surprised like the guys you're so young how can you be a veteran i don't understand so i appreciate you sharing that so uh, let's go into the second question man what what are some of the challenges that you have to go through um being a veteran military dad
2: Two biggest things that veterans face, especially as a dad, is our ego is the size of Superman. When we serve, we inflate our ego as a survival mechanism. Uh But at the same time, that ego is what we have to let go of first in order to fully transition from the military. It's going to hold us back. I've heard it said that we go from Superman to Clark Kent. And as Clark Kent, you don't have an ego, but we often still hold on to it. And the second one is the military teaches you to lock your emotions down and keep them on lockdown because emotions get you killed. And if you pause to feel something, that's when someone to the left or right of you is going to die. But when you transition, you need to feel things. Your kid crying is a real feeling that they're feeling. You need to be able to relate to that and you need to be in touch with your emotions to understand what they're telling you because emotions are meant to be felt and understood not suppressed and everything about military transition and, or military conditioning teaches you to keep your emotions on lockdown and to suck it up, which is the worst advice you can give a dad.
0: Exactly. Exactly. That makes sense, man. That comes my question because that, that is difficult for a lot of dads, right? So yeah. how, how did you do this, man? What, what would be some of your tips? For a lot of dads out there that have difficulty free, you know, free their emotions.
2: It's a, it's, it's not something that I would say I, I, didn't unpack them for the first 10 years. I really only started unpacking them in the last four years. Uh-huh. And for me, one of the easiest ways was to, one of the, probably the first things I started doing was, was meditate. That was like kind of the first like self-help thing that I really just started to slow down my mind. Cause my mind's always racing. I got a brain that's always on slowing down, j- just pausing to feel things. Um, something else that's really helped is, not or just recognizing when you feel something or when someone else feels something and trying not to judge that and for me that's still something i struggle with now and as a dad your kids have a lot of emotions that you often will demand them to stop crying or to react a certain way but for them that emotion is as real as anything so i've probably had more success working through my emotions helping my kids work through their emotions um, and helping them understand what they mean, give them different information about them, and just generally help them be understood because they have so many emotions as they develop. my kids are seven, four, and three, and that my son is all of emotions of anxiety, and just being there and helping him understand what he 's feeling can help me then understand what i 'm feeling, or maybe sometimes i 'm projecting a feeling sometimes. Instead of dealing with what you're feeling, you project that feeling onto someone else, and not actually do anything good with it, except hurt someone. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Let's
0: go into that a little bit deeper um, after we uh, get to know you a little bit better. But I'm very interested in doing this in a an example, right, of something that happened why why your your kid or my kid doesn't matter that was crying and how you would go through that. I'm very interested in that because uh, our, our six-year-old cries, which I'm fine with, but it's the things why he cries sometimes. I'm like, dude, I don't understand right now <laughs> why you're crying. So let's go through that later, man. But before we go into that, man, share a little bit your your background, uh, talk a little bit about your marriage. And you already shared you got a seven-year-old, four-year-old, and three-year-old. Yep. Um, and, and, of course, share a little bit about what you do.
2: So I'll wind back all the way to the beginning since we opened up the veteran. I went to join the Marine Corps right out of high school, did four years, went on to join the, or ended up being a generator mechanic, Um, served all my time in Okinawa, never saw any uh, battle time in Afghanistan or Iraq. Served three years over in Okinawa, went to Korea four times, did some time in the Philippines, really got hooked on experiences and international travel. Nobody in my family had ever really left the country. No one really ever in my family had a passport. So traveling to Japan and living there for three years wasn't something normally in our wheelhouse, but then I, I slowly got comfortable with that idea. Mm. Transitioned out with really the only feeling that I was meant for bigger things in life and the Marine Corps is going to hold me back. I had no idea what that meant. I just knew that I couldn't shoot and I couldn't run at the time or can't run yet. And, yeah. uh, I knew that that was limiting my promotions and I was really only getting promoted by waiting long enough in time and grade because you get points for just being in that rank every month, and I wasn't going to hit my potential, so I got out, transitioned, got lucky, got a job right out of the Marine Corps at a, a generator manufacturer here locally. Kind of got lost in myself. I really just kind of started trying to be what the what the civilian world wanted me to be, and then I lost my identity. Now that I look back with full sight, started going to school for electrical engineering, dropped out of that, found out a level electricity doesn't make a good at it. Really, just felt lost in that time. And was lost for six months after I dropped out because that was my grass was going to get greener on the other side. My daughter had just been born in that same time. And really what sparked it all was the silliest thing is that uh, we had got a mailer at work for a Fred Pryor seminar. And it's like dirt cheap training seminars, but really good in this case because it was exactly what I needed. It was making a transition from staff to supervisor. And the guy was talking about leadership and I was like, I've got these skills. I just suppressed them from the military because the civilian world barely trusts you to run the copier. But in the military, I was already in charge of people and running things and realized I had this desire inside to lead people and help them do different things. And that sparked my uh, self-help growth that I've been on for the last four years and just been really consuming a lot of stuff. First two years were spent consuming a lot of stuff and that, got me excited but I wasn't doing anything with it so then I was overruled I had decision too many decisions, too much information I wasn't making enough decisions and doing enough. Then two years ago, as I started to get where I am today, I started a blog for military veterans and I really wanted I started with the idea of just a life coach did that did some writing, still didn't feel right and it wasn't until doing that for a year and a half getting connected with the military community, getting connected with different people within the military community, learning those skills that I went to a, a conference last fall for military influencers and really stepped into this idea of veteran and dad and validated that the dad space for military was completely empty and was waiting for someone to show up and realized that was me and stepped into it. Took three months to launch my podcast. And then January 1st, I, I launched the military veteran dad podcast.
1: Awesome, man. Love it.
0: The internet's going slow. I'm not showing sure up. Yeah, there I am. All right, cool. So thank you for sharing uh, Ben. I really appreciate that. Um, I put the link in off your website. I hope that's okay for people to share yeah. in the comment section. People, if you're watching this live, click on it, check it out. You can you can go through all of Ben's stuff. Man, I just want to share something else because this is pretty cool. Um, just so people know that I don't talk out of my neck or anything, and I say, like, you know, I'm prepared for a very epic uh conversation right now, look at this. Fred already says, great. And then right after OBM, says, fantastic show. And we only started just now, right? This and our good friend Kenyon, who said he will definitely watch the replay. I love Kenyon. I went, yeah, Kenyon's fa- fantastic. So he already sent me a private message saying, hey, enjoy your talk with uh, with Ben, you're gonna mm-hmm. absolutely love it. So. I uh, just really quickly want to share that to people that are watching right now. Do me a huge favor. Make sure that you put a, a like or a heart or whatever it is. And make sure that you share it with your friends so they can watch us right now as well. Uh, we're only 10 minutes in and we are going to discuss some amazing things. Let, let's hop back to what we were talking about earlier, right? Emotions and you helping your kids run through that. That immediately, immediately draw my attention and my interest. And the reason for that is, as I mentioned to you, our six-year-old, uh, he's very emotional, right? Um, the boys and I, we spent three weeks away from his mother uh, to, to to have our summer vacation while she had to work, unfortunately. Um, and every time something happened, he would cry, and he would want his mother, which I kind of find, you know, it's good reason. That makes sense. Yep. I went back, and it started changing, Right. So his grandmother died three months ago now. So now when he got upset, he cries and he's saying like he misses his grandmother. So it kind of looks like there's a parent going on that something happens. He doesn't like it and he starts crying. So I'm just wondering, um, how do you go about them running your kids through those emotions? What, what's your step-by-step plan if there is such a thing?
2: How old is your son? He's six. Six, so six. about the same age as my daughter Yeah. An example that I would use here is something that I did with my daughter during the school year. And Mm -hmm. that example is really just kind of sitting down down at night before they go to bed. And I I would ask my daughter about her day and I would ask her. There was a a book that we read that said uh, it was a good children's book that was called Someday a Bird Will Poop on You. And it, it was a children's book trying to explain that no matter how mu- how well you do in life, a bird will poop on you. It's just a matter of fact. And it's, it's just a matter of not if, it's a matter of when. And you got to be ready to deal with it, brush it off, and keep going. So we created something called Bird Poop Talk. And we would talk about all the birds that pooped on her that day. And sometimes it was a sad uh, person at school that made her feel a certain way. And it, oftentimes I would use stories from my life to relate to something that helped her understand. I would try to ask questions to her about what she was trying to go through because sometimes I feel like the emotions are so strong. They just need words to help describe them. And oftentimes uh-huh. just asking them good questions about it. Or I think in the case of your, your grand the grandma maybe sharing a memory of what you appreciated about her could help. And it so the biggest thing about emotions isn't it's, it's not it's so much, not it's, much you don't want it's to suppress it, but you want to get through it and sometimes getting through it can be as simple as just simple talking about what you're feeling so sometimes if you're sharing a story that might help him get to the other side of that strong emotion that he's feeling
0: Mm -hmm.
2: something that he likes about it some memory that he misses um and i think that also is good for grieving as well in that case where she's gone now that that's something he has to process and connect and and stories and memories are, are they're powerful things in marketing and they work because the human soul somehow connects to them and resonates in a way that other ways don't. And so when you share, especially you as as an older adult that has stories from all your life and you had triumphs and things that happened when you were his age that you can remember, or maybe older, those things help them understand that you're imperfect as well. And that's also important for kids to understand because, and it makes it feel them feel safe to bring something to you as they get older. Um, I haven't really got much into it, but I plan on talking to my kids about me being bullied and being picked on, not having many friends, and encouraging my daughter to try to make friends with people that look uh, lonely. Uh, There was a good speech that I heard in a Toastmasters uh, meeting I was in that uh, was labeled be the rainbow to someone's storm. And it really resonated with me. And I've used this to teach kindness to my daughter that when you see a a friend having a storm, be the rainbow to them. Go up there and just give them that gift of kindness. And she understood kindness, but I don't think she understood the how. And somehow this rainbow and storms really helped her understand the doing. And it really just came about. And then we would often talk about how many rainbows she gave away that day at our bedtime talk. And sometimes she would say she gave away a double rainbow that day. Uh, I think just talking and just communicating stories from your life and getting them to understand words in in theirs and just getting through it is the best way you can do it. And then sometimes, especially with my son, so he's four and he's really sometimes high strung. Sometimes he just wants to snuggle and a hug. And the prescription of American society that boys don't need affection, little boys crave affection, especially from their fathers. And we'll be reading a book one-on-one in the bed and he'll snuggle up on my arm as I'm reading it to him. Like that moment is something that he's craving inside his heart. He doesn't know how to put words to it or ask for it. But the need is still there and those moments kind of help him feel safe in what he's feeling.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for some reason they love to snuggle when it's like 36 degrees middle of the night while you <laughs> sleep and I want to join you in the bed. But that's a different story. Uh, yeah. <laughs> man, um I love that man. Bird poop talk and giving rainbows to someone's form. That's beautiful, man. And then the reason why you can't
2: find your own rainbow is because someone else is the rainbow for you. And then, sorry again. The reason why you can't find the rainbow at the end, or the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, is because someone else is the pot of gold.
0: Mm, I like that. I like it. I'm going to find it, that it, book. It, it, I'm going to find that book, man. Someday a bird will poop on you. It's a good one. I would love to read that to my kids. I need I need a couple of new English books for them. So that's uh, that's absolutely fantastic, man. Gotta love it, people. That that makes you wonder because I always try to talk to them in. At, at a high, high level, I guess. And then sometimes I the feeling like they don't understand it. Our difficulty is as well, the the, the the language barrier, right? I'm Dutch, they're Spanish, their mother is Spanish, Colombian, uh, we speak English, Dutch, and uh, Spanish in our house. However, my Spanish is not at that level that I can communicate with them in, you know, I would have no idea how to tell them, be in the rainbow to someone storm in Spanish. <laughs> There's
2: yes. no way. There's no and, good translation in
0: English, or I can do that in Dutch, but then they wouldn't understand, right? But that's that's. Am I? I we got a lot of challenges, right?
2: Maybe <laughs> something to remind them uh, that I've always liked explaining it to my, especially my oldest, really gets this. Really gets this I step step. Yeah. That I always remind them like, you're trying to figure out how to be seven years old. Well, Daddy's still trying to figure out how to be 34. So there's things that you're still trying to figure out if, as an imperfect human being, just as much as they're trying to figure it out, and allows yourself both yourself to have grace like you can't hold your daughter to a higher or your son to a higher exactly. standard because she's trying to figure it out just like you are trying to figure it out you trying to figure out how to be 34 just like she's trying to figure out how to be seven
0: exactly exactly i like that yeah but it sounds like now i'm gonna keep going on this for before i go into my next question but it sounds like you really put yourself like completely open out uh with your kids Right? Completely, complete vulnerability, 100% honesty,
2: no as ego. Possible, it is appropriate for their age, but I plan on sharing as much as, as many of my struggles that are appropriate to help them through it as they grow older, because that trust will always hopefully let them know that they can come to me with whatever they need help on in their life, at whatever stage of life they're at.
0: Exactly, exactly. So, what you're doing is you're building a foundation where there's trust, so whatever happens, because of course they're going to, even though you help them with the challenges that you've been through, they're going to come across their own challenges, right? And that's what yeah. we want, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what I want. Let, let me say it like that. I want my children to go through their challenges and not me being the dad that's going to protect them for all challenges and they're never going to have any because, you know, yeah. how can they grow? However, I like that that you mentioned, like, you're building real good foundations. So even that later on when we, you know, when the kids get to that difficult age where they don't want to talk to their parents anymore, they know for 100% fact there is that trust and they can always come to you, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I
0: understood, right? All right, cool, yeah, love that. So one of the things that we're struggling with with the youngest one is um, being a little disciplined and listening, right? Can you please pick up your diaper, for example, right? He wears a diaper at night still, uh, just in case. Now he flings that thing around like it's a freaking toy. <laughs> Except putting it in the in the garbage can. So you know, you ask him, he still doesn't listen. So I'm wondering, man, how do you go about disciplining your kids or making sure that your kids listen to you, and especially the most important moments, right?
2: Well, I would say I mess this up every day that ends in Y. It's, it's still something I struggle with. But early in my parenting role, I was, uh, always trying to be liked by my kids. So not having friends in life, a lot of my energy in my early days, especially my twenties, I spent a lot of time trying to be liked by everybody around me and then lost myself in that process. So in the early days I was, I wasn't disciplining properly. I wasn't being the firm and uh, parent that I needed to be because I wanted to be their friend. And then, uh, I grow through some, uh, good time with my life that you're not supposed to be their friend that they need to be your parent sometimes. And, yeah. I would say there's two ways that I approach this. There's one where I reinforce what they're supposed to be doing, but at the same time, let it go if they don't. A the good example of this is uh, we'll go to the mall. Like, is one of our favorite things to do in the winter is to go mall walking, which we go before the mall opens and we just walk in the mall and they run a little bit and can be a little bit louder and the old people walk in the mall and get a good kick out of it. And they always talk about the rules. What are the rules before we go in here? And, and they all cite them off. They don't remember them, but going through the process of them, remembering them, I'm hoping slowly cements them in their mind as what they should be. And then the other one, this is more of a detective question that I ask is I always try to frame that generally if a kid's acting out, it's never what they're acting out about that they're trying to resolve. So actually mm. maybe him throwing your di- his diaper is the way to get your attention because maybe you've been busy that week or maybe he's meeting some one-on-one time with dad. And that's kind of, it's like try to figure out that the the root cause is never what you're actually seeing as a symptom. Um, and oftentimes I'll just then maybe focus on doing 10 minutes with my son playing either uh, Legos together or something simple. And see how that changes. I know I definitely stated my daughter that her behavior definitely relates to the amount of time I invest in her. And when they're trying to get your attention, it's generally because they are feeling a deficit in their love tanks from the quality time. And on every podcast, something that I'm a big believer in reminding dads that at the core of everything we are as a dad and what we need to do for our kids is to remember that kids fall love T-I-M-E. So generally a lot of problems, I always try to reflect on that answer and then just invest more time. Not necessarily in something crazy. It doesn't have to be money. I mean, my youngest is three, and her favorite thing to do with daddy is to go to her room, we take a ball, and we roll it back on the floor back together. So, yes. and, and we do that for 10 minutes, and literally that, that will change her behavior instantly. Um, I play jacks with my seven, seven-year-old daughter once for 10 minutes, and that changed her behavior. So time can come from very easy ways. And I had a child psychologist on the podcast and she says that you can, can you can change your child's behavior in as little as 10 minutes a day. And just making those little small deposits. Sometimes even when you have a a behavior going on or a fit, instead of trying to punish them and make them feel bad about what they're feeling, potentially I will try to redirect with, Hey, do you want to go spend 10 minutes with that? And oftentimes that will instantly change the mood and they've gotten to the point where well, they'll ask for 10 minutes now as a, as a reaction, not as a reaction, but something that they want, like, Hey dad, can we have 10 minutes together?
0: Mm, nice. I like that. See, I'm, I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because this, this is what also happens, right? He, he likes to hit and kick and bite. And especially when it comes to his older brother. And I was actually thinking like, I've tried everything, right? So yelling, um, Timeout. uh being really nice, uh, hit on the button, right? Hit him on the ass, show him like, look, you hurting your brother. This is what that feels like. You know, do you like that? Crying, da, da, da. again, puff. So <laughs> doesn't help. So I've tried a lot of stuff. And then lately I was thinking maybe I should just, what well, you just mentioned, right? Uh, give him a hug, go play with him, spend some time with him because maybe that's the issue, right? Maybe he feels like mm-hmm. his brother is getting more attention
2: my favorite question is uh if you want a result you've never had then you need to do something you've never done it's not really a question it's more of a statement but uh that has really helped me uh try to come up with new ways to get a result that i've never had and a perfect example of this is which is one of the reasons i have a podcast today is two years ago i first heard this question and it really framed that if and it was friends what I've a result I've never had is I've never had close friends in my life. I probably could count on my hand three. And when I turned 30, I had a midlife year life crisis that I really had no quality friends that I could say I had in my life. And it was, I was in a depression almost just like if you're turned 40, but at 30. And this question really posed. I'm like, well, I have to talk to people. It's a, I have to do something I've ever done. I don't talk to people very often. I'm every person I would talk to was that high school girl that was going to tell me no. And, and so I, I simply started doing the opposite instead of not talking to people. I started talking to people and I started, with dad's at the park and that morphed into talking to people, at the grocery store, then talking to people on the airplane and now I'm addicted to talking to strangers and that morphed into my mindset that I'm always one conversation away from something amazing coming into my life. I'm going to miss a hundred percent of those shots I don't take, but that all came from that very rude question of if I want a result, I've never seen, well then I need to start yeah. doing something I haven't done before and um, it, but in your case i think trying to just deflect and try something different could be exactly what what you need and like i said it can be the simplest 10 minutes you could be going for a walk it could be throwing a ball back and forth it could be anything it, it like it doesn't matter all they want is to know they have your one-on-one undivided attention
0: mm-hmm. exactly exactly yeah um that's that's the the thing is this right and um, yes, you you try you tr- keep trying new things so you get a different result, right? Because, for example, and, and I hate the example because I absolutely felt so horrible. <laughs> I hit him on the ass. But, you know, let's say that, right? So he, he hits, so I hit him in the ass. And I keep doing that hoping that he will change, right? And that's not working. It's like, dude, man, I can't run into the wall if I want right now. But if that's not working, I got to try something else, right? So that, that's a great example that you're giving, And... That's what I worked on. The only thing is, right? If you're like, okay, uh, try this, not working. Try that, not working. At a certain point, you at that uh, you reach a point where you're like, okay, nothing's working. I'm gonna give up.
2: <laughs> yeah, you you're at that point where you're that headbang emoticon, just banging your head against the wall.
0: <laughs> exactly, man. I'm like, so at one point I was looking at, him, I'm like, dude, what what would you like me to do so we can stop doing this? And your brother's happy, you're happy, and daddy and mommy also very happy, right? And he just looks at me, and he's like, "I'm like, dude, that, that's not cool." So, but then you know, I came up with the other idea, and I wonder to that by you. So I really like that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna focus. So every time he does something, I'm gonna remember, remind, remind me of Menkeloy, and give him that
2: ten minutes. And and just think about what's something. Think about what's on the other side, because they're whatever they're reacting to is never the root problem. They just don't know how to express what they're really feeling. So this is the only way they know how. Uh, And the child psychologist I interviewed, I posed the question. I was like, how do you balance being their friend and being affectionate with them at the same time being their parent? And she said what their research is currently showing, the positive psychology of reinforcing and reaffirming rules, but at the same time, reinforcing that 10 minutes of one-on-one connection does what needs to do that you can actually eliminate the negative side and I know that feeling when you spank your kids that uh, my wife went to China for uh, teaching uh, teacher exchange essentially for for 10 days in June. And there was times I was at my wits end where you, all the logic is flown out the window. You're exhausted. Uh, I found the most, the, the every, the one thing that every dad should take away. And what I learned in my research of being single dad for 10 days with three kids was, the decision-making is the number one thing that is exhausting at the end of the day with kids because you're, you, I couldn't even keep track of a punishment for two hours. Like I had dished out a punishment by the two o'clock and i had already forgot it by four. And that was just exhausting trying to keep my processor going and keep up with everything that they needed, keep the house going, keep up with what I should be doing next. I, I was shooting myself to death. Uh, the struggle was real, but at the end of the day, I was blogging about it every day and that, really helped me kind of give myself grace. I would learn, I would reflect on what I did, try to figure out what I could do differently the Mm -hmm. next day. uh, And just recognize that everybody has those days where they're in the pit of being a dad. They don't know what to do next. And you really just got to figure out how to try something new the next day and just keep on going. And the, the one thing that I often reflect on, no matter how much you feel like a bad dad, you will always be the first love of your daughter and you'll always be the hero to your son, no matter what you do. And even on your worst day, they still look up to you like a God. And my son has been recently been saying a lot where he doesn't know what else to do. He'll say, daddy, I hate you. And literally 10 minutes later, he'll be like, daddy, that's awesome. It like he, he's using words in the wrong context and that's just what he's expressing, but they actually mean nothing. And if a, if I was to get hung up on hearing daddy, I hate you five times a day well, then I would start to believe it. But I know at the core, I'm still the hero that he needs me to be. It's just, this is the stage of life he's going through. And I've really liked framing uh, parenting as, as seasons. And sometimes we can want a different season of life to be taking place, especially like as a dadpreneur, it's even more like this season of life with my kids being young, I'm consciously going slower than I potentially could because, I'm never going to get these years back. And these are the years that everybody wants. And I'm convinced every time an adult tells you, pay attention, these years go by fast. That's just them for, that's just an excuse for them not saying they were there when their kids were young. Um, Mm -hmm. So seasons and patience and grace are two things I give to myself quite a bit.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Patience I'm working on grace. I'm not as good at, (laughs) but I heard somebody talking about it last time. I was like, yeah, that's right. That's important as well. It's like hey, look, man, I'm I'm a dad, I'm learning, and as long as I keep learning, yeah, I am the best dad out there for my kids. There's no
2: download button to be a dad. It's really the hard knocks of day by day. You learn, just like with your kids, they're learning. And there is no good rule book. And the only thing I can say for me, like I've make sure that I just surround myself like you're doing with dads that help shortcut some of the learning process. And I've been part of the Dad's Edge Alliance Mastermind for three years now is a way to learn and grow. And um, something we haven't talked about that military dads really uh, suck at is finding a tribe. So because we have an ego, because we don't process our emotions, we get the mindset to do life alone. And that's essentially what leads to, um, a statistic you might not be aware of is 22 veterans kill themselves every day in the United States. Wow. And that statistic's kind of debated whether it's actually true, but even if it's five, it's still a bad number. And mm-hmm. when I started the podcast, I said I wanted to save one of that 22, the dad. And by keep doing life alone, you get these conversations in your head, like the one you were just having about uh, trying okay. to deal with your son. And if you don't get those conversations out, you start getting this echo inside your head that essentially gets so loud that there's only one conclusion it comes to and that your family is better without you. Like, I'm just my family would be better if I wasn't here messing it up every day, and then they end up taking their own life and doing life together is really what we are meant to do. And I there's a, a quote that I, or a way I like to frame this that for three thousand years men did life together in tribes. Literally, we had tribal relationship with men for three thousand years. It's in our DNA, our psychology, and yet somehow in the last one hundred we thought we could reengineer how society put us together, together to do life long. Well. And the lone yeah. wolf always dies. So you, you need to find a tribe in whatever way, in whatever niche you are as a dad and whatever feels comfortable, because there's things that life is going to give you that you can't carry alone. And a good analogy of this is from the Marine Corps. So in the Marine Corps, the first uh, muscle that our first part of the human body, they start breaking is your back because you, you have a back on your pack. Your, a backpack pack back on your back and you're hiking and your back's taking that brunt. Next thing you know, you're starting to lift things that you probably shouldn't be lifting. Well, the Marine Corps' motto is if you can't lift it, that just means you don't have enough Marines trying. And I've really translated this to life that if you've you're not meant to lift everything you have in life that life gives you, and you just need more people in your life to uplift it and to share the load. If you don't have that tribe, some things are going to be too so heavy that your life just shatters and you're not sure how to put it back together. But by getting that voice outside of your head, getting those words to, or getting those thoughts and to have real words in a conversation. You can start to lessen that burden that you have on your heart by holding that in. And I know when my heart's clogged in, that's when I know I need to share something or share the load with someone because I'm not meant to do life alone. And there's certain things that life gives you that aren't things that you can carry by yourself. Mm-hmm. You need those people around you and you can't always be your spouse to help carry that. That's not the role that your spouse is supposed to have. So you need that group of like-minded men on the same journey to do life together with.
0: Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's a powerful message to all dabbers out there um, to find like-minded dabbers. And and the great thing is that now with internet and stuff, it is so much easier. Like I was actually talking last week with my uh, with my mom about this, and we were talking about friends. Right. Since I moved from the Netherlands to Spain, uh, I hardly have contact with my Uh, Dutch friends, and um, I'm not really good, to be honest, connecting with the Spanish people. However, uh, I got great connections now, and I was mentioning, like, you know, um, Kenyon Zitzka, for example, we talk a lot, Uh, Andy Storch, um, I talk a lot with him, I feel connected with him, and I I found now, real easy, dappeners like me, they're on a journey, on a mission, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, dude, why doesn't everybody else do this it's so much easier now (laughs) there is a
2: massive fear growing in society because we've disconnected our facebook or we've connected to facebook so much that we don't know how to talk to people anymore Mm. and the idea of i mean there's people that share stuff but and what people do share is generally not positive or or human connection type stuff it's usually always negative like on twitter or something and this idea idea of being able to talk to people I've often said like the number one skill I wish the Marine Corps and the military would give us as we transition is to take us on a field trip to a room full of 300 people to go in there with an objective and learn to talk to strangers. Because mm-hmm. the number one thing that I've learned over the last probably even six months is the ability to talk to strangers is really the only way you can move your life forward. Whatever you're stuck on, whatever problem you have, there's a stranger that's worked, walked that problem and solved it. But you can't access that solution until you talk to a stranger mm-hmm. and think of how lonely a dad is or think of how many issues as a dad you're facing. If you didn't have the courage to talk to strangers on Facebook, you wouldn't be able to get free access to solutions to this. That ability to talk to strangers is holding back so much of society and that fear is growing greater and greater every day that we, we text more, we Facebook message more, we don't call each other. We get cringed when we have a voicemail because, damn, someone called me. It's like, okay, someone called me. That's not the end of the world. Um, One thing that I love doing is uh, I've set up a a calendar link on my commute to work. I've got 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes in the afternoon. I am always putting that calendar link out in the universe and letting people take time because I love having conversations not with strangers and understanding what their life is like and figuring out what lessons I can add from them or add to their life. and Those connections, I have no idea what's going to happen, but that muscle talking to strangers is the only way you can really truly move your life forward from whatever you're Mm -hmm. feeling, because you can't do it alone. You can't make a business with one person. You need connections. You need people, you need to support them and you can't do it unless you know how to talk to strangers.
0: Absolutely. That's what I said, man. You, you also took away my, uh, I got the link in there as well for people to join my messenger bot, but also to get my, um, it's a it's a three step guide to overcome your challenge because so many of us are trying to overcome challenges. And I keep saying, why are you trying to overcome a challenge that there's a thousand people, even more, that already overcame your challenge? Why are you trying to do it on your own? Just find that person already done it. Talk to them. Right? Doesn't matter who it is. You say like, look, man, I noticed on your Facebook or I noticed on a video that you posted. Like, you're you. This is your. I had that. I have that challenge now. You had it. Look, like, can you help me out? And I bet you, and like you said, like, it's amazing how many people are willing to, to help you out, right?
2: You just so. got to be able to open. Keep, the world is waiting for people to talk to. It's, um, one of the things that I've really found powerful in the podcast, and uh, it came from a, a J- friend, Jason McKenzie in Canada, that the world is waiting for you to go first and tell your story. And learning mm-hmm. to tell your story and being okay with telling it the most vulnerable raw story that you can think of being able to do a Facebook live and tell the world to it and not care what, what the result is, but knowing that you may have affected someone in that conversation, the world is waiting for someone to go first. And when you go first, the, I can't tell you how many times I've told the story. I've told my story about my friendships and not having friends. And I made a person cry because those simple words gave a, a description to what they were feeling, but they didn't know what it was. And I don't consider that a, a whole horrible story, but that gave them permission to feel something that they weren't allowing themselves to feel. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And that gave them then the, the, uh, how do you call that? The, the rope to hold on to and say like, yeah. look, man, Ben had no friends. Look at him now. Look at the confidence he has now. Look at all the shows he comes on. Right. Talking about his story, sharing his story. I can do this as well. Right. And then I'm sure that uh, we not probably without saying it, but you know, you give per- people permission to do it. It's like, look, I've done it. I give you permission. Or sometimes people need that permission or well, I know the word permission maybe sounds weird, but like, look, I've done it. Now it's Permission's the
2: right word. Cause I feel like somehow the societal norm says it's taboo to talk about something that you're feeling or, Because of Facebook only shows the positive of people's lives. Often people feel like that's the only thing they have permission to share. But when someone does do the opposite of that and has an opposite George Costanza day, the world responds because it's something refreshing and somehow helps them understand something that they didn't know themselves. There is, I haven't, I don't think I've used the word colloism yet. So colloidalism is my random way to put things together. And one that I often repeat is limiting beliefs are like rubber bands. You just keep stretching them off they'll eventually break
1: mm-hmm.
2: and talking to strangers telling your story making friends these are things and limiting beliefs that I believed that I wasn't I just didn't have friends and that's the way it was and by continuing to do them continuing to put out a podcast continuing to do Facebook lives I'm slowly stretching the rubber bands that are holding me back and one day they're just gonna break and I'm gonna feel as free as the world can be and but it took daily stretching of the rubber bands to prove mentally that they aren't really existing. They only exist in my head.
0: Right on, right on. And that's perfect, man, because that comes back again to what you said earlier. Like, you know, I am my my kid's hero, right? And you doing those kind of things, they see that, man, you're leaving a legacy for them just by doing that, right? Because they're going to just continue to grow as as you are growing. Mm -hmm. That's amazing, man. I love it. And um, just people saw so it. I'm taking notes. <laughs> That's a <laughs> I'm lot of st- notes. Yeah, I know. I like to write. I st- I'm stealing all the band stuff. No. <laughs> 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 I'm kidding. Rebecca, thanks so much for being on and leaving your comments. I really appreciate it. I didn't say it before. Um, Rebecca is a grandmother, an amazing grandmother. And even though this show is called Become a Philosopher," Father, I think she is like one of my top, top, top fans. So I really appreciate you, Rebecca. Thank you. I've always liked
2: uh, and respected grandmas and grandpas and it's funny that uh, oftentimes it's like we, we we have kids when we're younger when we're not as wise and then when we have grandkids we're wise and we know what's right and wrong and it's almost like we have kids at the wrong season of life
0: mm. well I can tell you Rebecca is freaking like she should she's not become a fearless grandma she is the fearless grandma and she's absolutely amazing Um that's it, man. The other thing, man, We sorry for the people that um, are hoping that I'm going to come across because not just I got notes. I also got topics that I want to talk about. And as you can see, we've only done three so far. Uh, and one including the background story of man himself. So um, I, I think we have to do this again sometime. But that's a- <laughs>
2: I am more than always available.
0: I, I, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> the other thing that I'm struggling with, man, I'm wondering how you handle that is, uh <laughs> thanks, Rebecca. Um, it's again my oldest, right? He is struggling to start writing, and I'm sure you went through this with your daughter as well, right? At a certain point, they're gonna start writing and learning how to read, and especially learning how to read. Man, it's difficult. And that's also moments where he's, those emotions come in, right? And he starts crying, and he just gets, it's not that... As much that I'm worried about that, we talked about that, so I have a narrow strategy to work and try something new. It's the making of mistakes, right? Our kid's making mistakes. He goes bananas, he goes nuts, right? Drawing something, it's not the way, it's, it's not perfect. Whew. So I'm wondering what's your, you got three now, so I'm sure one of them has, I'm open has one of the same, how do you, Deal with that man what's what's your
2: approach I would say my son is like that and he probably starts with just not judging them in that for what they're feeling okay. um, in the context of reading I think uh, there's a great series of books that I just discovered this year uh, I want to say they're called Hank Zipser and it's the if you've have you ever seen the movie the water boy
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the coach no.
2: in that movie wrote, wrote his book. He has a whole, there's like 20 of them and it's essentially his life. And as a kid, he was the guy that couldn't spell, was never smart by the way school uh, measured him. And I've really started reading these books. I've been reading them to my daughter and uh, they might actually resonate with your son because he gets frustrated with the way the system says that he should be accepted into it. And
1: mm. Hank essentially
2: gives the, tells his story about not being uh perfect in those world and coming out on the other side and being a Hollywood actor.
0: Wow. Yeah, I would love to love to read those to him. You can share later a little bit before I can find them what they're called. I'll,
2: I'll, I'll share a link for it for you.
0: I appreciate it. And then I promise the people that are listening or watching the replay right now, you will find the link in the description I will share it for you with you as well. And for the people that are watching this live, I appreciate you, but sorry, I can't share it right now, but you're going to have to check out the replay then. At
2: least Hank the- Zipser, if you Google it, they'll come up. Hank? Hank Zipser. It's like Z-I-P-I-E-R. Zipser. All right, cool.
0: I'll check him out for sure, but I'll, I'll greatly appreciate the link for sure. I appreciate that, man. That, that, I'm looking forward to that. All right, let, let's go to... Uh, you talked a little bit about your own progress. Let's 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 talk about something that's really important in our lives as well, right? Our wives. Uh, you just mentioned like you, you've been aw- She's been away for a little bit, and you had to take care of the three. And then all of a sudden, you realize like, oh, oh
2: she does so much, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, my wife's the kindergarten teacher, so she's also got a lot to deal with during the day. And then learning how to balance that when we come home, and learning how to balance mm-hmm. all this and my day job, and. It's, uh, it's, it's hard every day that ends with why, and um, at the same time, uh, there's a couple things of priority that I always reflect on, that my kids will betray me, that it's guaranteed certain that your kids will betray you, so no matter how much you invest into them, they will leave, and at the end of the day, you'll have your wife, so always prioritize your wife over your kids, even though that goes against the normal practice of society uh, don't invest all your energy in your kids and then end up as a stranger to your wife when she, when the kids leave and then you end up getting divorced. So always prioritize wife before kids and try to focus on what fills her up. And as a mom, most moms just really, I think want time away from the identity of being a mom. So I've always tried to make sure she has space to go to the gym and go hang out with friends and go to China. Um, this past, uh, spring she went to, to florida i put a bird in her ear to take us a, a vacation to florida with her teacher friends so they just went four days got a condo on the beach and just was away from being a mom and hanging out with her friends
0: that's amazing man that's really good and i gotta say man because as you mentioned that is not what in general is being taught right because when I started out with this being a dad, my first feeling was like, okay, the kids come first. Right. And that's what every, a lot of people say. Right. And the other thing then is you say like, okay, so I actually decide, look, I'm going to send my wife away. Like, you know, not, not like that. <laughs> leave. Yeah. But like, you know, you, you give her that, that possibility, right. And Open the door
2: and let her walk through it if she wants.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So my wife actually just went to,
2: to Prague. Um, I love Prague. I've been there. I think nine exactly.
0: times. Exactly. I know that's why I brought it up. And she loves it as well, man. She went with a couple of friends. She loved it. And when I talked to her, my parents, were weird. They, they, they were weirded out because we didn't. They, she didn't come with us to my parents' house for three weeks. But she went. You know, she she was. They had the possibility to be away from kids for three weeks, and then decided to, to to go on a on a weekend. And I was actually like, you know, that's good. Good for her. She needs to fill up her cup as well, and I love it. And, and it like, gives
2: them a, a view of their life that they don't get to see. So it gets them to explore new yeah. views. It gets to to explore. Um, I like to say, and it works for you guys. It just doesn't have this cliche to it, but give yourself the widest view of the American dream possible. And I do take that phrase with my kids to give them the widest view. And, but at the same time, this isn't another cloyism. You've got to get outside your life in order to figure out where you want your life to go. And, and you, in th- that case, by getting into a different environment, you get a way to different think about it. You get to see other people doing life differently, and you can really get perspective on things that you know you can't get. It's like um, it's there's a it's a little bit too technical, but it still works for me. But Einstein predicted you could time travel if you could bend light all the way back onto the same point that it originated, but you can't do it. And it's the same thing almost with self reflection. You can't see back onto the same point unless you're on the outside looking in. So often I'll find ways to get outside my life in order to figure out where I needed to go. Same thing with kids. I have the same perspective that you can't go to school for 12 years and expect your kids to figure out what they want to do when they grow up, that it's up to us to expose them to as many possibilities as possible, that widest view and help them figure out where they fit into the world, not just assume that school is going to tell them exactly what they need to do and that they're going to know what they want to do for the rest of their life just by doing the same thing for 12 years.
0: Exactly. exactly. Yeah, Absolutely um in regards to your wife because yeah one very important make sure that her cup is filled right two how do you make sure with three kids being a dapper having a job her having a job um how do you make sure that you connect with her Uh, just like you you know you said you give those you make sure that you get those 10 minutes with your with your kids
2: uh sometimes it it it, it often aligns with how I've created or structured my business. So last August, before I even had a podcast, I discovered that Starbucks opens at 5am on the weekends and it opens at 4am on the weekdays, but I I go to the gym during the week. So on the weekends it opens at five and I started going from August to just about may almost in the summer I fell off the wagon. Although I got there today, Uh, but I started, I do most of my business work from 5am to 8am on Saturday and Sunday morning. And then it's all done. Then I come home and be dad and either support her. Or we find something to do. And then there's less of my distraction for me during the day. The other part is then limiting during the week and making sure after the kids go to bed, we get the kids into bed by like 730 most nights. So we usually get between like 8 to 930 to watch some TV or just talk or relax or do something independently of each other. Uh, I'll often take the initiative and schedule a weekend away or a night away. We've gone to downtown Chicago a couple of times. Um, try to just make sure you have the date nights on the calendar where you can get away. Often at times it comes down to babysitting, having a structure for that. Make sure you've got some resources to pull forward when you have an idea to execute.
0: Mm, exactly, exactly. And... And in regards to because of course you, together you're trying to raise your kids right so I've noticed you're both different people right I mean I'm, in my house we sometimes struggle and making sure that you know we're, we're aligned and we have in the end the same best view you know I have a view of how I want things to go she has a view and then come together to connect and really have the best outcome for our kids right?
2: I would say this is still something I'm working on I haven't necessarily got it mastered. I probably say we start, we're starting to hit a stride this year more than most. And it Mm -hmm. really came from having more clarity on my business and showing up as a dad more in my life. Um, And then also opening myself up to the words of wisdom that she's always given me that maybe oftentimes in the past I wasn't ready to hear, but were true. Uh, Often those times, how we'll come together that it's usually me resisting something or not dealing with something that I'm deflecting onto her but it's really more on me. Um so I would say that part where I'm still working on but at the same time you just keep it consciously in the front of your mind and oftentimes it all just comes down to communication and trying to figure out better systems, better, better. methods, better, better ways to come together from a communication point of view. And I think when your kids are young that is still the hardest part, even in a well-oiled marriage, of communication and keeping it. Because uh, I often describe, sometimes it's like living in a uh, pressure cooker. Sometimes where it's just like everything's on and everything wants your attention. And at the end of the day, it's life, and life, despite what Facebook sells, isn't going to be easy. And there's going to be days where it's messy. And the I don't know if you guys have it over there, but in the United States, there's a show called The Magic School Bus, and it was on uh, PBS. And it's also on Netflix now. And Miss Frizzle on there gives some of the best of life advice that life is about getting messy and making mistakes. And oftentimes, same thing in marriage, you got sometimes it's messy, sometimes you make mistakes, but as long as you reaffirm every day that you chose her, then you'll ultimately keep going down the same direction.
0: I like that. Yeah, that last last advice. Make sure you affirm that she knows you're, not, you're the one. I'm going with you, is absolutely important. And, and and not being an idiot. I'm, I'm,
2: I've been such a <laughs> I've been an idiot many times.
0: Right? It's like, you, dude, man, why? And in the beginning, it's like, dude, really? You don't understand why your wife responds to you in a way because you're not. Like, this was my biggest mistake in the beginning when I tried to really, like, okay, yeah, we got to work together. We got to get this online. And I was just like, okay, and this is the way we're going to do it. <laughs> right? This is my opinion. This is going to work. And then she's like, no, no, it's not. I'm like, okay. What? You're saying that I'm a bad mom? I'm like, ooh, said something wrong again. <laughs> Bells are going off. So yeah, man, I appreciate you mentioning that. Um, I was very curious on how you're doing that, but I'm glad to hear as well that I'm not the only one struggling. Um, Let's talk a little bit before we, we close it off and, and let people know again where they can reach you, man. Uh, talk a, bit, a little bit about your podcast and especially like what, what's your share what you're facing? What are you trying to to achieve What's your mission?
2: So it's probably the best part, even though the name sounds pretty simple, it was a struggle to come up with a name. Cause there's not a one word connecting active duty, military, and veterans at the same time. But then listening to another podcast, I was inspired to connect military, military veterans, veterans as simple as that is. But on the plane ride home from that conference that I mentioned in the beginning, uh, I, I, was a mind map of all the different things related to being a dad. And all of a sudden it hit me that um, it's kind of like leaving no man, but left behind. But at the same time I didn't want to do that cliche. I, so I came up with uh, to bring every dad home that so many dads come home, but they actually never come mm-hmm. home mentally. We all seen the, the great videos of uh, kids that or military veterans, seeing their kids at school or active duty, seeing their kids at school and they get so excited But the other side of that is a veteran or an active duty member that doesn't actually come home. They don't know how to reintegrate back. And that's a simple mission is I want to bring every dad home back to their family. I want to wake dads up to the potential legacy and impact we can have on our kids. Navy SEAL Andy Stump says it best that as a Navy SEAL, he was trained to be the most effective fighting force the world has ever seen. But his effectiveness was as only as far as his rifle could fire. And as a father, you can literally go generational with your effectiveness and as military veterans we have a lot of skills and wisdom and experience to help shape our kids legacy and figure out where they fit into the world make their dent in the universe figure out what legacy you want to leave and oftentimes we spend all of our energy focusing on the military legacy and The sad part is the military legacy is already over. It's a fact. Everything that happens is already in history books, but your kids is happening right now. And that's Mm -hmm. your true legacy. And getting dads to wake up up to that has been the biggest uh, epiphany. I would say I didn't start with that in mind, but it's been the biggest takeaway so far in my 30 episodes that getting dads to, to recognize the legacy we have and potential we have with our kids is the primary end result of what I want to do because we can make a huge debt in the universe if we wake up and to be the dads that we know we need to be.
0: True mm, that. I love that, man. That's a great mission. Um just for the people that are watching, is it uh, is it all interviews with? Uh, Um, military veteran dads or is it uh shows you as well solo shows how does your podcast how's your podcast set up i
2: would say i've started with interviews and it still is interviews um i've done a a little bit of monologue in the beginning of some episodes i would say at some point it might be a monologue few episodes i've had a few experts on but mostly it started off with just picking easy friends to do interview with just to get through the fear but then i just kind of kind of picking friends and people that were just military veteran dads and not like an influencer. And mm-hmm. that ultimately I feel like has been part of my success that I've found the most relatable people within that community to interview. And so I've really just focused on interviewing military dads that are doing life just like me and you that struggle from the same crap and, uh, trying to share the stories that, because ultimately what, Dads need to realize is that they're not alone with the thoughts they're having. That's the biggest crisis we have is military veteran dads. So if I can just get a dad to wake up and be like, Oh my God, that guy has the same problem I do. Uh, mm. And he's, and he's working through it. I can work through it too. Like that's the pivotal moment where you realize anything yes. is possible.
0: Amazing, man. Love it. Um, how can, besides I shared it again for the people that are watching, this is in the comment section. It's the first comment on top. And um, I got to learn how that, Make sure that I tag that so everybody can see it every time. Um, you can click on this and get to the to the website and to the podcast of Ben. So check it out. And make sure also uh, do me a huge favor and share this um, with your your veteran friends um, that are dads as well. It's very important. Message, Ben's message is absolutely amazing and needs to be spread as far and wide as possible. So I appreciate your help with that. man. what are the great ways for... Um, Military veteran dads out there to, to connect with you
2: or anybody so, for that <laughs> I'm pretty much on all the socials. I'm on Instagram at, at Ben underscore Chloe, K-I-L-L-O-Y. There's also a show handle at at military veteran dad. I'm on Twitter at, at Ben Chloe. I'm on Facebook. Um I'm open to message. I'm open to conversations, as I said, talking to strangers. The website has the links to all the podcasts, places it's on. It's pretty much everywhere you can find podcasts these days. You can even ask Alexa to play the military veteran dad, and she'll play it for you. If anybody's interested in that ten minutes that I talked about, there is a bonus episode uh, around episode fifteen, I think, uh, that talks with that child psychologist about how ten minutes of together can make the difference in the end. And that one is really can be focused on anybody that's willing to listen because there's good advice in that episode for everybody. Uh, but we just share stories, and uh, this coming Monday, I'm getting ready to share a heartbreaker, uh, a mom. So it was my first Gold Star family member who, whose husband died, but didn't die in active duty. He died in a scuba diving accident. And she was six months pregnant when he died and had a two year old and a three year old. And she's actually in Europe now touring with her kids, uh, just having a vacation for two months in seven countries. And her husband's motto was no bucket list. And that's how she's living her life on the other side of that tragedy. And it, I, I, I cried during the interview, and it was an emotional interview, and I'm excited to share it on Monday.
1: Awesome, man.
0: Well, well, we'll look out for that one. Um, ben, thank you so much for taking the time for being on. I really enjoyed it, and as I said, I got like at least fifty percent more things that I would like to talk to you about. We'll, we'll Hopefully, we
2: lived up to your standard that you set in the beginning. I don't know what I don't know what the metric is to measure the, the awesomeness, but I wish, I definitely loved. I always love telling stories like this and connecting with other dads out there. <laughs>
0: I truly enjoyed it, man. And from all the comments that we've got, we've got more comments and more likes and hearts uh, than, than I've ever had so far since I started using StreamYard. So I, I think that definitely does it.
2: That's uh, a good validation from the universe.
0: I think so. So I truly enjoyed it. Um, everybody else has been on. Thank you so much. I really appreciate all of you uh, for leaving your comments. And um, I got to start learning myself to ask you guys that are watching this if you have any questions for
2: my guess—you're you're so much of a detective on the show that it, you're asking all the questions about your life and getting trying to pull out the weeds. It's you're doing the right thing. I appreciate that, Ben.
0: So, uh, Ben, stay on a couple of more minutes uh, when I disconnect with everybody else. Everybody else, have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy it, and I will see you guys very soon. I got a couple of more to finish up July and hit that 100th live interview goal, and then starting August, we will do things differently and hopefully better (laughs) that's the intent all right people take care bye bye thank you
1: are you still meeting up with your friends now that your father kids making you stress out you got no time for yourself to work out read relax can you still remember the time you were hanging out with your friends feeling energetic happy and confident spending time together and talking about your life and your crazy dreams you're feeling alone now don't you no one to share your challenges with and you're just running around from one storm into the next well it's time to change this now join me and the brotherhood of fearless fathers to speak on a weekly basis with like-minded dads to crush your challenges face your fears with determination be held accountable and we gain control of your life if you want to become the hero your family needs you to be then go to become a fearless brotherhood looking forward to seeing you on one of our next calls